Hello everyone, this is Mariah Catalan. Welcome to another episode of the Mindful Being Podcast. Without further ado, I'm just going to jump right into today's topic, um, horses and mindfulness or uh, equine therapy more specifically. So I will post for you all, um, once again, on my website, the actual paper that um, I've got all of my information from. That way you can see all the references if you'd like to follow a little bit deeper into the actual studies. Um, But most of my research that I'm going to be talking about today is coming from my paper that I wrote about equine therapy for children with trauma. So mostly I had um, studied equine therapy or horse horses and mindfulness with um within children but um there's also some really cool information about how it has worked wonders for people with PTSD for people with anxiety and um panic disorders and things like that so i'm just going to go ahead and read you my abstract um so that you can get an idea of what we are talking about today Equine therapy is an increasingly popular treatment for child trauma survivors. It's useful as a therapeutic tool to reach children that are not responsive to traditional therapy methods. Peer-reviewed articles were researched in this paper that have been published within the past 10 years. Participants in these studies were children and adolescents primarily aged 3 to 16. Horses and humans were found to have a unique connection that adds to the therapeutic process. When child trauma survivors are not given buffers like equine therapy can provide, they suffer from hyperarousal, unregulated cortisol levels, and other trauma symptoms. Children who participated in equine therapy programs had decreased trauma-associated symptoms, higher cognitive functioning, improved attachment, empathy, and coping skills. So how did some of these um, measurements take place? How did they know that the horse therapy was actually making a difference? Um, To get started on that, we should just talk a little bit more about trauma itself. Um, And when trauma occurs, it can cause serious serious effects on the brain that even can be seen in a fMRI machine. So you can actually see the effects of that um, as evidence in the actual structure of the brain, um, especially when the trauma is chronic trauma or and or severe. When imaged, the brain shows noticeable change in the prefrontal cortex, cerebellum, hippocampus, amygdala, and corpus callosum. So children who go through this kind of trauma and stress have nerve, neurodevelopmental difficulties. They can have problems with attachment, self-regulation, the list goes on. Trauma can actually also exist in your muscles and bones and neurons since the limbic system is triggered during the stress response, which can leave individuals, um, especially children when their brain is just developing, in a state of hyperarousal. The constant state of arousal can flood chemicals to the brain, specifically cortisol, and repeated stress and trauma can disrupt normal cortisol levels, neurobiological and physiological stress responses in developing children. And then due to this sort of heightened vigilant state, traditional therapy sessions can be difficult for clients whose systems are overworked. So talk therapy alone is usually unsuccessful for these extreme cases. 
So this is where um, animal therapy can start to come in. So animal assisted intervention or AAI is basically just using animals in a therapeutic treatment. These animals often include dogs, as um, I think a lot of us would be familiar with, especially, you know, we've seen service animals out on airplanes or in restaurants, that kind of thing, and they tend to be dogs most of the time. Um, So yeah, I think we're all pretty familiar with with dogs within this field. Um, And then also rabbits, guinea pigs, and horses, which I found the rabbits and guinea pigs. Maybe I should have done a separate study on that because that's pretty interesting. Um, But this kind of intervention with animals has been helpful in treating depression, anxiety, autism spectrum disorders, post-traumatic stress, and even dementia. So how this kind of works is when the animal is present, it is related to oxytocin secretion, which can actually decrease anxiety and hyperarousal. It can also reduce loneliness increase social interactions, help with mindfulness, and oppose emotional numbing. All really cool things. So specifically, horse therapy or equine facilitated psychotherapy is when horses are being used by registered mental health practitioners as aids in psychological treatment. So these are real professionals. It's not like some hippy-dippy ranch where they like, you know, send you out in the middle of a herd of horses and, you know, like become one with nature or something. These are, these are real trained therapists that are helping to use the horses as an aid along with other, um, more traditional methods of treatment. So these therapists use equine facilitated psychotherapy to encourage, um, introspection, encourage positive play teaching communication skills, and support the development of empathy. When it comes to trauma, equine-facilitated psychotherapy can help clients since there is an absence of interpersonal triggers. So child sexual abuse survivors were shown to have reduced symptoms of depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, and behavior problems when they were treated with this type of therapy. So going a little deeper here, I wanted to discuss a little bit about the connection between horses and humans. So uh, horses have been statistically shown to be more effective than canines when it comes to violent incidents with study participants. And the reasoning behind that is that horses are prey animals, unlike canines, which have more of a predatory nature, which I think is really interesting. Um, I have dogs myself and they are super intuitive. I love dogs. I don't understand people that are not dog people. Um, unless I guess you've had a trauma specifically related to dogs or you were raised in some kind of family culture where dogs were a danger. I mean, of course, in those circumstances, I do understand. And I can also see how, when dogs have not been a safe thing for you, they would probably not be a good option um, in your like therapy treatment. Um, but since horses are prey animals, they actually have this heightened awareness in order to survive. And this awareness causes them to mirror human responses rather than directing the interaction. So what does that really mean? So it means that um, instead of 
like them getting, you know, like a dog will go get like your toy or the ball or the stick to throw and they'll bring it to you, right? They're starting that interaction. They're telling you what they want and they're encouraging you to pet them, to throw the, the toy, to, you know, do what they want, basically. They're asking specifically something for you versus horses are much more in tune with like, what's going on? Do I need to respond to this? And they're much more concerned with um, mirroring your style of um, stress level, anxiety level, that kind of thing, because they're like, okay, if you're worried, I maybe I should be worried um, because they're herd animals. And they have um, in, in that herd, they have a similar structure to human societies. So horses in a herd have unique relationships with one another. They show affection while setting clear boundaries. When observing horses interact in a herd, clients can actually benefit from watching how they rely on one another for safety, for reassurance, um, which is a healthier response than the common social isolation humans actually engage in in, in, after surviving trauma. So you can observe horses, you know, going and, and comforting each other after an extreme event and just even being participating and seeing how that can happen has actually been Um, shown to have a positive effect, which I thought was really cool. Something really unique to horses and um, the way that you can interact with them in a therapy environment, um, the horses give immediate feedback to the clients in response to behaviors, and it's beneficial for creating a sense of safety. So horses are unconditional towards humans and do not pronounce judgment, which provides feedback that is free from prejudice or expectation. Horses are not influenced by a person's appearance or status and respond instinctually to emotions and behaviors. They are sensitive to nonverbal communication since their safety depends on quick reactions to outside stimulus. Since equine feedback is in the moment, it gives therapists the opportunity to work through emotions and behaviors in real time, which is beneficial to teaching coping techniques. The physical contact and challenge of riding and interacting with horses can stimulate a stress response, which can be then addressed by the therapist, which is why it's really important to have a trained therapist there um, in these interactions. Um, From there, the therapist can develop coping strategies and um, help the client without having to relive the trauma experience with another human. Children especially need to have physical contact, like cuddling to feel secure, and um, horses can meet this need just like by laying on their back and feeling that connection and or, you know, you standing and like hugging their neck. The horses can meet this need um, without being a trigger, so they're not having that other human and their emotions and their feelings getting making everything cloudy, especially when you've had a trauma relating to another human, like someone treating you in a certain way, um, horses can feel really safe and meet that um, physical need without having to be re-traumatized. So most of the time, children that benefit from this type of therapy have a lot of um, stress 
in their lives. Um, most children show sim- that show symptoms of trauma have disrupted attachment with their primary caregivers due to some kind of abuse or neglect or something like that. So when attachment is disrupted, feelings of insecurity and hyperarousal flood the brain with chemicals like cortisol. These levels of cortisol can be impacted by repetitive exposure to trauma, which impacts the brain's self-regulating systems. Stress in childhood is particularly problematic for developing brains because it can cause permanent changes that impair their ability to self-organize and self-regulate effectively. So therapeutic interventions can serve as a buffer to these negative effects of stress on developing brains. So this kind of thing really needs to be treated if possible while the brain is still developing um, because children that have emotional disorders in adolescence, if they are not treated, it can induce more severe psychopathology in adulthood. And children with severe emotional disorders may not respond to typical forms of therapy because they are apprehensive or skeptical of adult interventions. And this is where the horses in therapy can help. Using the animals like horses can help build trust in therapeutic relationships. Interacting with the horses can also help develop empathy, which is often impaired in children with severe emotional disorders. Um, One study found that horses impacted the therapeutic climate by generating opportunities for touch, a sense of security, a non-verbally communicative relationship. I've particularly found this to be true, and I will share more about this as we continue on. I will be sharing my story about my personal experience in childhood with um, having a horse really help me through some really hard times. Uh, So continuing on, um, horses allowed a relationship with children in this study where they could feel safe enough to extend themselves and be reassured when that extension was overwhelming. It's argued that horses facilitate children's ability to attain personal and social growth, which is really amazing. In another study, Dunlop and Tess Fancy write that, quote, Simply by not being human, animals are removed from the negative experiences that might characterize a child's typical social interactions, unquote. Um, They conclude that the horses help create a safe, secure environment where children are able to gain both socially and personally. So some evidence for this, um, these claims, um, one study by Ewing, McDonald, Taylor, and Bowers used five self-reporting questionnaires in their study of youths with severe emotional disorders. There were 28 students involved in the study from 10 to 13 years old. So each one of these students had been clinically diagnosed with behavioral problems. The students were male and female and they were from diverse backgrounds. The participants were organized by age and IQ score into groups of four or five. The group participated in the program for nine weeks. While the group that was waiting to begin the program served as a control group, so that was the group that um, they kind of were measuring scores against. 
So the questionnaires were given before and after the program, and the control group also answered the questionnaire at the beginning and the end of nine weeks. The program promoted pro-social behaviors like trust, cooperation, responsibility by working with one horse assigned to them for the whole length of the program. A volunteer was also paired with each participant that taught the children how to take care of the horses, um, rules about safety, and um, they gave them lessons in riding. So these volunteers actually served as therapeutic educators and mentors for the children. So each session was about two hours long for a total of 36 hours. After the nine-week session was completed, they compared the pre-tests with the post-test scores. Every measure was evaluated using paired t-tests. If you know um, much about statistics, um, that is a pretty common method to evaluate things with. (laughs) Um, The results showed that there was no statistical significant difference between the beginning of the questionnaire scores and the ones following the program. This was thought to be explained by the participants' IQ scores, self-reports that aim to satisfy researcher expectations, the length of the study, and frequent changes in the participants' medications. So basically, when it comes down to it, they didn't necessarily find statistical evidence in this study that it was making a difference, but they did realize that there was a lot of factors going on, and to really do a paired t-test and use that as a measure of someone's mental health. It's kind of difficult to measure, especially when uh, these are self-reports done by participants that are really hoping to make um, the researchers happy. So um, that being said, all the participants did seem to benefit from the program, whether it was statistically proven or not. Um, A lot of these studies um, on this particular topic didn't have strong statistical significance due to the size and the lengths of their studies. That being said, researchers found that participants showed improved interpersonal and coping skills, a decrease in trauma-associated symptoms, and higher cognitive functioning after participating in their study an improvement in attachment style and an empathy was also found in these studies, which is really cool. Another thing that equine therapy has been specifically interesting in is the study of children that are um, neurodiverse, so um, that may have autism or similar sort of quote-unquote disorders. Um, One study Uh, specifically aimed to systematically review published studies about the effectiveness of equine therapy for children with autism. In their research, which was a meta-analysis, they found there was an improvement of socialization, engagement, less maladaptive behaviors, and more problem-solving. The authors of the study concluded that equine-assisted therapy may be a useful therapy option for children with autism spectrum disorder, or just neurotypically diverse. Of course, the problem with some of these studies is that they rely on self-reports of children 
um, and their inability to recreate the therapist horse dynamic are limitations as well, which that kind of means that it's not always um, a, the same sort of connection with the horse or depending on the horse and child and the dynamic of those particular attachments. So it's not always easy to perfectly recreate those scenarios. Um, another limitation is that um, physiological changes in children are difficult to measure and interpret and could have been explained by other factors. So this particular topic is less scientifically proven, um, which I don't know that you guys are all too concerned about that, but um, it is really fascinating and I have my own anecdotal evidence that I will share on next episode because we've already taken up quite a bit of time just talking about these facts. So in conclusion, there's a lot of data from a lot of studies that equine therapy can be a positive therapeutic intervention for children that are working through trauma. And while the research has been promising, the studies leave room for a lot of more work to be done. Um, the fact that equine therapy is a tool that does not involve serious medications and their side effects, it does add to its value as a therapeutic tool. Other kinds of treatments, such as psychopharmacological interventions, have serious side effects and may not be recommended for use with children. Horses and therapy as an intervention has been found to be beneficial to trauma survivors who are sometimes resistant to other types of therapy. It is a holistic therapy option that can help both physical and psychological trauma symptoms. And hopefully more research is done on this specific topic so that we can learn more about what the brain is actually doing and what kind of connection is being made in the brain and how exactly these horses are really helping to heal the young children. In addition to this research, there's a lot more research that has been done around equine therapy and um, PTSD sufferers and how it's been really helpful for them to work through their trauma and their PTSD, specifically using horse therapy. So um, if you're interested in that, you can reach out or I'll add some links in the show notes so that you can do a little bit more of a dive into that if it interests you. I just want to thank you so much for listening to another episode of my podcast. I hope you all are doing well and I look forward to speaking with you next week where I will share my personal story with equine therapy. Um, but basically stories just about spending time with my, one of my most important childhood friends, Samina. Take care, you guys.